All right, everybody, welcome to Tuesday night. It is time once again for the Wrestle Talk Podcast. That's right, and we got one heck of a show lined up for you here, and we're excited to get going. You know, it's the Wrestle Talk Podcast has had an exciting weekend. We took this weekend and we went to uh, Celeb Fest 2 out in Baltimore. We had a good time out there, met some of the fans and stuff, and, you know, it was a real good time. But uh, let's go ahead and kick this thing off the way that we always do here with our Wrestle Talk podcast intro. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. All right, everybody. Well, the Night Owl is going to join us here. He's been having a couple issues. Let's see if he's got everything worked out. So let's go ahead and bring him here. Bring him in here. He is the one, the only, the Night Owl. <laughs> que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal members of the Wrestle Talk family. <laughs> Night Owl, how the heck are you doing tonight? Dude, I am doing fantastic, stupendous, super agic, fra- no, super college fragic, SP lit. I'm going to get that. I think you messed it up too. But yeah, you're. (laughs) (laughs) Good evening, good evening, good evening, fellow members of the Wrestle Talk family. A day after the 18 year anniversary of one of my favorite wrestlers passing away, Road Warrior Hawk. We're here for episode 367. Shout out to our friends over at the Cauliflower Alley Club that posted that it's been 18 years. Bro, I thought it was relative considering that we're interviewing not one, but two tag teams tonight. You know, it really doesn't seem like it's been 18 years since we've seen those guys in the ring. You know, it it just seems like it was, you know, just a few years ago. It's hard to believe it has been so long since they've... uh, They've been a tag team together and so long since he's been gone. So, yeah, no doubt about it. And for people giving me heat, Night Owl, this is a pro wrestling podcast. What the hell are you doing with a basketball jersey on? Well, guess what? Today's a bit of a holiday for me because not only do I get to do the Wrestle Talk podcast, but also tonight is the official beginning of the NBA season. Let me declare that in the Eastern Conference, I'm a Miami Heat guy. 
in the Western Conference. I'm a Los Angeles Lakers guy. And hopefully my two teams get to meet up in the finals once again, like we saw a couple of years ago. Love to hear if there are any wrestling fans that are also NBA fans. I don't think there's a lot of crossover there like there is with football and wrestling. You got a lot of wrestling fans that love football, and you got a lot of football fans that love wrestling. I'm not sure if that's the case with NBA basketball. But, yeah, exciting day for me, Hoss. Very happy to be here for 267. Why don't we do what we always do about this time? Because we got to pay homage, baby. Let me. That's right. Here, let's go ahead and cue up that music, ladies and gentlemen, and ask the Wrestle Talk family to remove your caps as we respectfully pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth, and that's America. Damn it! Oh, oh, say can you? Every single time. Shout out to my man Frex representing Talking Dynasty, uh, Talking Dynasty, and the I seventy Sports Media conglomerate. Um, okay, I see some. Okay, some Atlanta Hawks fans in here. We got some Sixers fans, some Bulls fans, Lakers fans. Of course, that's to be expected. A lot of NBA talk early on today. Well, John, we're going to get in to a whole lot of conversation about what's going on in the world of pro wrestling. But before we go there, we do have to give a tremendous shout-out to our sponsors, if you would mind helping me out with the ticker, my friend, so that the listeners of the show can follow along with me. Before we kick off the rest of episode 367, which, by the way, is going to be particularly interesting We've got a young tag team and an old school tag team. And if you know me at all or have ever listened to the show, you know what an affinity I have for tag team wrestling. But in terms of the sponsors, I want to go ahead and start off with the aforementioned I-70 Sports Media, the maestro Jeremy Carb, covering all your Midwest sports needs, including professional wrestling. That's why we love them. Also, big shout out to the creators of the Wrestle Talk podcast mug, we can get you a mug with your name on it for 20 bucks plus shipping, courtesy at Rathbum Engraving. Everything Combat, shout out to those guys, Pat Milicic and Jay Hollywood. Just had a huge event in Davenport, Iowa called Caged Aggression. Check out our boy Jeff Wilson, UFC Hall of Famer Pat Milicic. They always take care of us. We always try to take care of them. Of course, our beautiful website created by Perry Hartman and the fine folks over at Painter's Dream Production. Um, Royal Mills Transportation. If you happen to be in the greater Kansas City area, please look up our friends over at Royal Mills Transportation Transportation uh, for all your local needs, professional, courteous, and kind. Uh, everything Combat, uh, mentioned them already. Uh, King Kate Arcade, the former home of our watch parties. I should say, King Kate, the current home of our watch parties. Esports Bar KC, the former home of our watch parties. And, of course, the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the Fantasy Wrestling 
Worldwide Chapter. More information on them, the world's greatest EFED, over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. That's WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. Now, I know we are just moments from getting into the high spot segment, but before we go any further, Hardcore Hoss, in just a few words, can you sum up Celeb Fest 2? Because we're going to get into that and a lot more, but just right off the top of your head, give me a couple of words to describe it. Oh, it was absolutely awesome. I mentioned that uh, before you came on that, you know, we had had a big weekend where uh, we went out to Celeb Fest 2, myself and Nightmare Jones, and met a lot of fans and turned on a few new people to the Wrestle Talk podcast. And it was just an awesome event. And, uh, you know, I was excited to be there and excited to meet the people. And uh, it, you know, awesome is the only word I can really use to describe it. Ed. We're going to talk about that in a little more. And also, if you guys tune in, uh, we are going to break some news concerning Celeb Fest 3 right at the end of the High Spot segment. So make sure you guys keep it locked in. Make sure you guys share the broadcast. And if you guys feel encouraged to do so and you feel like you got the gusto, join us. Drop a message. We'll send you the link, and you can come on to the Wrestle Talk podcast during the High Spot segment with us. And if you're a great caller, we are particularly encouraged by any new callers that would join us to the show. You get to choose between, and I've been trying to give this away for about two weeks now. I have a Honking Talk Man action figure, and I have a Wrestle Talk podcast mug. So if you want to call in and you're new to the show, you got a strong take, you want to join us. If you can do that and you kill the game, then you can walk away with a prize, 100% courtesy of your friends right here at the WTP. How's that that sound, Hoss? You know, I keep telling you that if nobody else wants them, I will be glad to take them, but you keep telling me I can't win. No, 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 my friend. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we do have the high spot segment where we talk all things professional wrestling. You know what to do. We got DJ Money with the custom track for the high spot segment. Hardcore Hoss, you know what to do, baby. Hit it. My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. Wrestle Talk Podcast. DJ Money. Uh. Yeah. Let's go. Welcome to high spots where we pop news like Lair Chop, we dog shop, coming through the screen with a laptop, and non-stop like I wanna sleep with a black knot. We hit hard like chair shots and backdrops, I'm a spark flash, so I can barely find that ass hard. We up the scene while they stay slow, wrestle talk, podcast, now they know we about to start the show, uh. All right, man. I'm loving all the NBA takes right now, bro. I did not expect it. We might need to start another podcast, baby. Make it all about basketball. But anyway, this ain't that show, baby. We're here to talk about professional wrestling. And you know what? There is so much to discuss. I'm going to let my man, Double H, Hardcore Hoss, lead us off on this topic during tonight's edition of the uh, High Spot segment. What do you got for us, bro? Well, you know, it was actually brought to my attention earlier today that uh, 
let me pull it up here. Mustafa Ali has decided that he is going to donate his earnings from WWE Crown Jewel to charity. So, uh, you know, I, I thought that was a, a very neat thing for him to do is to just donate all his earnings from that event to charity. You know, what, what's your take on that, Nida? Well, I, all I can say to you, bro, is that um, giving back has always been at the heart of sports. Um, we've seen it with the many affiliations and charities that professional athletes are typically affiliated with. Uh, Mustafa Ali, I'm not exactly sure what charity he's associating himself with, but anything that involves giving back, I think, is always a beautiful thing. Not only is it uh, relative because you always want to give back to the fans and to the community of professional wrestling, but bro, Mustafa Ali has been on fire with this story with Mansoor, and I think that it may potentially be a show-stealing type match during Crown Jewel, considering they both have a Middle Eastern background, and Mansoor, as a matter of fact, is actually from Saudi Arabia, so... This just adds a little bit of salsa to the tacos for me. I like what they've been doing in the buildup. They were a tag team. Mustafa Ali has been antagonizing Mansoor. Mansoor finally snapped on Monday, and I think we're going to have a hell of a match on Thursday. But, yeah, obviously, bro, the fact that he's taking, let's just say, his game check and donating it to charity, I think that's always good for business. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. It's always good, and, you know, when when people can do that, it's just – I. Uh, an awesome thing. I don't know what other word to use. Um, but when, when they can just take a whole check and just say, here you go, take it. Yeah. That's, I, I applaud them for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty damn interesting. Well, let me jump into something else. And by the way, guys, you're more than willing or more than welcome to join us. Just shoot us a message and we will bring you on and you can discuss whatever you want to talk about in the world of pro wrestling. What I wanted to talk about and this isn't something that I do too much, but I want to talk about that's something that's been circulating around the rumor mill quite a bit recently, Haas. And that, of course, are the rumors of the potential return of Bray Wyatt. I heard maybe Bound for Glory. I heard maybe AEW. I even heard that he's quite content working out on the farm and raising his family because he's made quite a bit of money in his 10 or so year run with the WWE. I think it was close to 10 years. That's how quickly time flies. But most recently, there was a report from our friends over at Ringside News talking about the fact that whether he goes to AEW or Bound for Glory, Bound for Glory which is an impact show, that the name that he's going to operate under has already been decided and that name is the name of Wyndham Hoss, which I know is a name that you're very familiar with being a bit of an old school fan. If that is indeed what he goes with, what do you think about him rolling with the name Wyndham? Well, you know, it, it, uh, it does show some, uh, some homage to, you know, like Barry Wyndham and people. So, yeah, that, that's an interesting idea. Um, I've even heard rumors that he may be returning to WWE. Um, you know, they've got him going all over the place. So it's hard to tell 
where he's going to show up. But I have also heard the rumor, like you said, that uh, he's content there on the farm. That he's even he's even said if he doesn't go WWE, he goes nowhere. So who knows what's really true anymore? Yeah, it's hard to tell where he's going to show up, and you know, I just hope he does show up somewhere and look forwards to seeing him in the ring again, you know? Same here. I think the guy has a lot left. Um, he, he's got a lot left in the uh, in the old knees, so to speak. He's got a lot of miles left on the body. Um, I know that the WWE schedule can be strenuous, but over the last two to two and a half years, we haven't really seen him wrestle on a week-in, week-out week week basis. It was always kind of like here or there. They would sprinkle him in, and a lot of it was – character-based stuff, promos, vignettes, and things like that. So maybe he's still got the tread to give us maybe what we haven't seen yet, which is him peaking. I think he's peaked from a character perspective, Hawes, but I'm not sure he's necessarily peaked from an in-ring worker perspective. Hopefully someone will pick him up and we get an opportunity to see him do that before it's too late. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, I I would love to see him get picked up by somebody, get him back in the ring, get him working. You know, he's always interesting to watch. And, you know, he's really got a lot of talent. So I think whoever gets him is, you know, really going to get somebody worth their money to uh, to perform for him. And I think it's going to draw fans to wherever he goes. Well, you're absolutely right. And just to remind people who don't know, Bray Wyatt actually comes from a lineage of wrestling greats going back to Barry Windham, which, yes, Windham is his first name on a shoot. And then his father was Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. the IRS. Um, So clearly, I think the fans still have plenty of appetite for Bray Wyatt. It's about trying to figure out how to bring him back, where he fits in, And I wonder if we may see a return to the old Swamp gimmick that we got with the initial Bray Wyatt run versus this Fiend. I think there's definitely room for both. We can see Aleister Black pulling off a Fiend-type feel with what he's doing with his character in AEW, and the fans seem to love it. So like I said, I think there's still definitely an appetite for whether it be Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, Wyndham, Husky Harris, damn it. <laughs> I don't think anybody really cares what he calls himself as long as he's out there doing what he does best, and that's entertaining the fans. And I will agree with uh, with our man, Sonny Money Mayo. I do think his in-ring abilities are a bit underrated, but I still believe that he hasn't peaked from an in-ring perspective. He's just maybe not been given the platform. I think when he went against Cena for a while there, that was pretty spectacular. His uh, rivalry with uh, The Undertaker was a little short-lived maybe underperformed a little bit, but I just, I, I hate to see guys that talented never really hit their stride, both from a character perspective and in-ring perspective. Hopefully we get to see that again in the very near future. What else you got for us, Hoss? What other high spots topics did you want to bring to the table? Well, you know, um, I thought I would give a, a quick update. Um, a couple weeks ago, it was actually found out that a member of the Talk family, Kevin Mears, had dislocated his shoulder and uh, he would be out of ring action for a while. And I have uh, been in contact with Kevin and talked to him and he is rehabbing his shoulder and 
you know, he doesn't have full range of motion back yet. So it'll still be a while before he gets in the ring, but he's doing good and uh, just sends his love to everybody. Well, all love back from the WrestleTalk family to Triple Fears, Kevin Mears, one of our favorite guys, not just in the ring, but we love interviewing him. He's obviously now a, a member of the WrestleTalk family. So thoughts, prayers, good juju, whatever it is that, that you guys believe in, we, we send that his way. Um, and, and we mean it because we want to hit, have him not only back on the show, but obviously back in the ring performing and doing what he loves. Now, on that note, I actually have a bit of a story to share, something that's relatively fresh and hot off the presses. Um, are you familiar with Ace Austin by any chance, Hoss? If not, that's okay. Yes, I am. Uh, he was the uh, X Division champion in Impact. I actually got an opportunity to meet him and get a picture with him at a uh, WDWA show when he took on Shane Malice one night. Wow, dude. Okay, awesome. So I obviously love Ace Austin as well. I got an opportunity to see him wrestle at uh, at Wrestling Revolver last year, uh, Sammy Callahan's promotion up in Iowa. Um, I wanted to let everybody know that him and his girlfriend or wife, not really sure, um, Georgia Lee have started a GoFundMe because just yesterday morning at 9.30 a.m., their uh, apartment, they live on the second floor of an uh, apartment complex in Georgia. I'm sorry. Not in Georgia. I got that location wrong. But nevertheless, their apartment caught on fire. They're okay. Their cat's okay. But they pretty much lost everything. Fortunately, they were just a, a couple of seconds from getting caught in the fire. So we've already seen superstars like Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks, D'Lo Brown, the Impact Women's Champion Deanna Perazzo, and the list goes on and on that have uh, donated uh, to help them kind of recover from this tragic loss. The original goal was $5,000. They've already raised close to $15,000. So if you can't donate, that's fine. But again, send the love, the prayers, the positive vibes, the juju uh, to Ace Austin and to Georgia Lee so that hopefully they can bounce back very quickly from this very unfortunate incident where they lost a lot of their personal effects. But thankfully, uh, Double H, everybody is fine. Physically, they're okay. And, you know, physical things can be replaced. It's it's people and memories and time that we only have one shot at. So, fortunately, both of them are okay. And uh, and they live to fight on, which is what wrestlers do, right? That's, that's really basically what it comes down to it, man. You get knocked down, get back up again. This is a tough one. But I think the pro wrestling community has once again shown its strength, shown its unity in supporting these guys in their moment of need. So very, very uh, sad news, but also encouraging to see how much support they've gotten. Uh, I know we have a few minutes left before our first featured guest of the evening, Hoss. What else you got for us on High Spots tonight? Um, well, I just, uh, I just noticed earlier that uh... – Tony Khan has announced that uh, Daniel Garcia has signed a full-time deal with AEW now. Oh, it's official. Yes, Danny it is Garcia. official. That is, that is very, very, very good, my friend. And let me tell you why it's good. The more legitimate badasses that they bring in, the better, not only for AEW, but for the sport. 
We've seen it dating back to the Dan Severin, Ken Shamrock days. Bobby Lashley, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar. Uh, the list goes on and on. Haku, Goldberg, guys that are legit badasses in the sport is always a good thing. And let me tell you, when, it, when you're talking about badasses, I have not been as impressed off the bat as I am with America's top team. Dan Lambert, um, uh, the, the uh, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, uh, Jorge Masvidal, and the rest of the boys on America's top team, A, could legitimately kick most everyone's asses, and B, seem to be really invested in, in, in AEW and in the sport. And so, you know, the Ronda Rousey effect is what I'm going to call it here, continues to be prevalent throughout the pro wrestling world. These MMA guys are legit badasses and they're transitioning over into wrestling and being very successful. And, and, and as long as you have some semblance of a personality, see Matt Riddle, you can do very well for yourself. Another guy that's got a lot of MMA, Muay Thai and martial arts in his background. So the way I look at it, John, is Danny Garcia, America's top team, Ronda Rousey, you know, uh, the, the, the original bro, all these people are a great infusion of legitimate badass talent into the sport and only good things can come from it. I agree. Well, hundred percent. And I, I look forward to, uh, to seeing what he does, you know, once he actually gets out there on AEW. So I look forward to it. No doubt about it. Well, there is one other thing that I wanted to bring up here during the high spot segment. And again, guys, we still do have a few minutes. So if you want to join us before our first featured guest of the evening, you're more than welcome to do that. We got plenty of room. Just send us a message on any one of our social media platforms. I'll have my man, um, Hardcore Hoss, send you a link. And then we will uh, go ahead and bring you on. Now, my um, announcement is a little local. Um, but it went national and I'm going to actually share the screen with you guys because I get called a liar. Some people are like, uh, uh-uh, where'd you find that, bro? Shoot me a link. Are you just making that up, dude? No, I'm not. And the story that I'm getting ready to share with you guys isn't from some local newspaper. No, this is from Yahoo Finance. This is finance.yahoo.com. And as I share this news with you, just know that I'm also congratulating these people for their accomplishment. And uh, how about we stop with the mystery and I go ahead and show you guys what I'm talking about. If you guys wouldn't mind taking a quick look at the shared screen. Yes, the new Galaxy S20. F no, no, that's not what it's. <laughs> Here it is. StreamNet TV Sports Network announces world-class MMA boxing and wrestling entertainment so just this morning it was announced that our friends over at world class that's right the boss jerry bostic and the gang have signed a deal with streamnet tv not only for wrestling but for also for boxing and mma meaning that we've got another legitimate wrestling promotion in the fold, allow me to read this, my friends. It says, Las Vegas, Nevada, October 19th, StreamNet Inc. Today announced that StreamNet TV Sports Network featuring world-class MMA, world-class boxing, 
and world-class wrestling entertainment CEO Daryl Payne says, I am thrilled knowing that we should should become the first company in the world to offer boxing, wrestling entertainment, MMA, plus the performance of a popular urban rap recording artist. Not really sure about that. We'll dig a little bit deeper. Over 40 events have been scheduled starting in 2022, combining all four action-packed popular events in one night in a historical event for subscribers and live attendees. We intend to become one of the most active promoters of sports events in the United States. And just look at this freaking poster, bro. Legit star after legit star. I mean, you're looking at it. I don't have to name the names, but I will. Here's Jerry Bostic. Here's Kevin Sullivan. Here's Carlito. Here's Fuego de Sol. Here's Gideon uh, Bain, who I got an opportunity uh, to work with a couple of months ago at the KWA slash AIWF show uh, for our friends over at the Kansas Wrestling Alliance. So as you guys can see, Jerry Bostic has been named president and the lead promoter for StreamNet TV, uh, StreamNet TV Sports Network. Long story short, Hardcore Hoss, um, what I want to say is bravo. Bravo to these promotions who survived the pandemic are now reaching for the proverbial bass, brass ring. There is so much good wrestling going on outside of the major promotions they just need an opportunity to be seen, and that's exactly what we're seeing with uh, World Class. The conversation we had uh, where we're a part of with Court Bauer about the expansion of MLW being on Vice, which, by the way, I started watching. Um, was it called Fightland? That event is spectacular up to this point. And then the other part of it is that, bro, they're going international. So you're not only talking about World Class doing – wrestling boxing and mma you're talking mlw that's going to be going outside of the united states so no longer are the days of there being one or two places to work great young talents like no role models ogs like the lumberjacks are going to have more of an opportunity to be seen because of these business dealings hardcore hoss is this good bad or indifferent for the sport of pro wrestling. I can't see anything negative to tie to it, but I want to get your thoughts. Yeah. I don't see a downside to it either. I mean, you know, anything that gets the names out there for some of these people who aren't in AEW or WWE, you know, these guys need to be recognized too. And anything that gets their name out there, I see as a positive, you know, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm definitely going to look into, you know, seeing how to stream it and everything. And I, I look forward to seeing it. No doubt about it. And let me tell you guys something exciting. We're already in the works of getting the boss, Jerry Bostic, back on the show for the third time to talk to us about this tremendous deal. Maybe you can give us a sneak peek of what might we might be seeing in 2022. But just know for everybody out there, the Wrestle Talk Podcast is a platform for you to come on and share a little bit more about what you got going on. Get it out to the masses, particularly here in the Midwest and the Upper Northeast where you are, Hardcore Hoss. We love giving people the opportunity to project themselves forward. War Class has done it. MLW has done it. Countless guests, including legends that have come on the show, have done it. And hopefully we'll do the exact same thing tonight 
with two amazing guests that we got scheduled. How do you feel about that, John? Oh, I am excited. And, you know, I see our first guests are sitting backstage ready to go and just excited to get into the interviews and everything. So what do you say we go ahead and get into it, Night Al? Let's do it, baby. It is my pleasure, as it should be yours, to welcome in these first-time guests to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Yeah, they're representing the Lou, baby. They know how to get down, down, baby. You know, you already know. They're hailing from the Lou. They represent big time. You know, they, they, their mentors, Mike Outlaw, Camaro Jackson, are longtime friends and members of the Wrestle Talk family. Now they're starting to to, to, to monkey foot the game, like like with Timberlands in the 90s, you know what I'm saying? These guys are really putting it down. They're not playing around pizza style. They're not playing Papa John's. They're bringing emos to the front and center, baby. They're making sure that you know who they are. And the reason that they're here today is because they're tired of sitting behind other tag teams in the Midwest. These boys are already, already fighting at Dynamo Pro Wrestling, okay? They're already working with my boy KLD. All right, and they're ready to expand the enterprise. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in for the very first time here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. A guy that your mom is probably not going to like too much, but your sister's going to dig these guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in No Role Models. What up, gentlemen? Good to see you guys. How was that intro? Did I do all right? No, yeah, no, yeah, you guys pushing their shoulders off like <laughs> ATM Eli. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. A pleasure to have you both here. Right off the jump, man. And let me get started with 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 getting to know you guys, maybe outside the ring a little bit, and then we'll move on to the in-ring stuff. Give me the top one or two songs on your Spotify playlist right now. And we'll go ahead and start with you, Eli. What are you listening to right now, my guy? Oh, okay. Um, well, that's actually funny. Had I been using Spotify, I'm a I'm an Apple guy. But, okay, okay. Um, well, yeah, uh, my, that's, uh, that's good my too. Music, my music's a little my music's a little all over the place. I listen. I have my hip hop days. I have my rock days. I have my R and B days. Uh, right now, I I went down a Tony Braxton uh rabbit hole the other day, so I've been listening to a lot of Tony Braxton. But uh, other than that, uh, been keeping up with uh. Some wait, 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 Unbreak my heart. Yeah. yeah. Okay, enough, enough. People are not paying. No, no, no. You good? You good? <laughs> but yeah, no. Um. But yeah, uh, nah, uh, Young Thug recently dropped the album uh, last Friday. I've been playing that a little nonstop. We've been playing that at my, uh, my other job. But uh, yeah. That's good to hear. ATM, show me the money, baby. What are you bumping these days? Man, I ain't gonna lie, man. I got way too sexy on repeat, man. I this listen man. to this song <laughs> every day oh when God. I wake up, hit the shower, it's man. way too sexy, you know what I'm saying? Yo, my man's got yeah, swag on full effect from the moment that he wakes up. That's nice. Right. You, you got a variety of, of – you listen to other genres of music. I, I don't know. Deep down inside, I think you might be in a little Tim McGraw, maybe a little bit. You listen to any of that? So I'm a really big hip-hop rap guy. And also, like, you know, just playing, like, the WWE games growing up, like uh, a little bit of heavy metal and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. like For me, I can listen to any song as long as it sounds good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not picky. Like, if it sounds good, it's okay with me. All right, have you guys heard the new J. Cole 
and Joiner that just dropped. Have y'all heard the new one? This Not morning, yet, but I'm a huge J. Cole fan. So I'm gonna have to that. check that out. Ooh, ooh, and especially if y'all are Playboys and all that, which I mean, y'all might be a little bit of that. So if y'all, that might be it. <laughs> yeah, yo, peep that one. It is a banger. All right. So moving on from music, let's move on to games. You, ATM, you brought it up. Uh, we'll start with you. Talk to me about some of the video games that were influential to you growing up. Were you a Mario guy? Were you strictly wrestling, Madden? What did you guys? What did you like to get into when you were younger? And maybe even now. My first console that I can remember having was a Nintendo 64. And I used to play Mario Party all day, Pokemon Stadium, WF No Mercy. You know, like that was that was my childhood. And then now uh, I'm a big uh, first person shooter guy, fighting game guy. Like I play a lot of Mortal Kombat, Call of Duty, still keep up with wrestling. But those are my main genre of video games that I play right now. Bro, are you excited that we're finally getting a new WWE game? Because you know, last year we got nada. It was it was hard for us. It, it was hard, you know, because like man, see, I'm excited, but I'm not excited because after all the releases, I'm thinking to myself, is this roster gonna be good? You know, because they released a lot of good names. I mean, they they're dropping it next year. Might as well call it 2023 because next year is gonna be 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's got more buildup than the TBS championship, bro. <laughs> it's gonna be forever. What what about you, Eli? What do you what are you playing nowadays? What were some of the games that you used to get into early on, man? Oh man, um Sonic first and foremost, man. I remember having Sonic on the GameCube, um, having the Sonic games on the Game Boy Advance and stuff like that. Um earliest system I can remember having was a Sega Genesis. So mm-hmm. It's, I, I can go on for days about how many classics on Sega Genesis. Robocop, um, bro. Hell yeah. Man, oof, man uh, Comic Zone. Um, but no, nah, um, right now, games I'm playing right now, I'm more into like my story games and my choice-based uh, games. Those are uh, games that kind of like have like shift the game as you play it and right. like gives you like a different right. different ending. So right now, I'm really big on Mass Effect. But real real ones know about Mass Effect. Real ones know how how stressful, but so good Mass Effect is. But that one and Life is Strange. Not many people know about Life is Strange. That's another choice based game. If y'all ever looking for something different to play, it's something you can just veg out to and just like explore and like pick those different choices. Check out Life is Strange for sure. Dope. Now, either of you guys get into any Red Dead Redemption? Oh. Oh my God! I had to ask. Sorry. So many, so many. That's hours. a personal favorite. So of many, mine. so many lost hours. Yeah, man. Dude. Me and my brother, when we first got the game, we couldn't stay off of it. That that was that was the new GTA Online for us. We couldn't stay off of it. We was just on it, hitting raids, catching bounties, everything on there. And they're still adding to the online experience, man. I, I can't get enough of it still. All right, so before I throw it over my man, John, I got a couple of things that I want to throw out there. We're going to play a little bit of a word association, and it's pertaining to promotions. So we'll go back and forth. We'll start with you, okay. ATM, and then we'll jump over to Eli. I'm going to say it, and you give me the word that comes to your mind first, and we'll go back and forth. Are you guys good with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll start with you, ATM. First promotion. Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Great. All right, Eli. Glory Pro Wrestling. Um, phenomenal. Uh, 
ATM. <laughs> ATM. WrestleMax STL. See, I, I feel like this is creating a divide in the promotions. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With everybody love. I'm giving y'all an opportunity to give everybody love. Just, just stay with me now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, same, excellent, you know. All right, and last but not least, CCW. Um, <laughs> a great, a great, um. What you made me lose my word, man. What word? Lose my word. What word? Um, awesome. I can't think of the word that you know correlates with like change of scenery. I guess. Yeah, Cape is definitely different than St. Louis. That's for sure. Nah, like it, it's always a good trip going down there. Like every time, once we hit the end of the month, and we know we gotta shoot down to uh, Cape Girardeau, we all. We already know what the deal is. We know that weekend is nothing planned. We we hitting 55 and straight down. Straight out. Shout out to Jason Wells, Brandon Barbwire, and of course the illustrious Marco Stunt now in the uh, one of the executives offices over uh, with our fine friends at CCW. I got a bunch more questions for you fellas. I happen to be a big fan of yours from when you guys first started training. You may not know who I was, but I definitely know who you guys are. So I'm going to let my man, a hardcore hoss jump in here. He's actually over in West Virginia and already knows okay. about no role models. So the name is spread yeah. very, very quickly. And you guys coming on here, hopefully that'll continue to move that uh, that momentum forward. Hardcore hoss, what do you got for no role models? You know, it, I, I love talking to people from across the country and everything, getting to know more about them. And one thing we always encourage is we always encourage our fans, you know, if they have any questions, feel free to throw them out there. And so we actually have one question from a fan here. Sonny Mayo wants to know, what's your favorite finisher from a tag team? Not, not including their own? Ooh. I was just going to say that. That's a tough question. <laughs> I was just going to say that because, yeah. As it's called in the video, video games. Okay, okay. Yeah, so for me, this is what it's called in the WWE video games, but the extreme combination, the Hardy Boys, Twist of Fate, and Jeff Hardy hits the Swanton Bomb, that right there, it's just, you know, the Hardy Boys working together. In my opinion, that's my favorite tag team finisher. Very nice. What about you, Eli? That's a, that's a tough one to beat. Uh, you know, it's something about three being somebody through a table that just <laughs> right in the childhood, man. Man. Dude, but side that, note, that not an official it. tag team, not an official tag team move, but when um when uh Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns tagged uh, a few years ago and uh Wyatt hit the sister Abigail and he literally just pointed like the shout out and then Roman hit the spear. That was that was some that was like the smoothest thing I ever seen mm. on like the modern modern WWE product. But yeah, it's not being 3D, dog. It's not being That's 3D. Great questions there from the uh, listeners and the family uh, in the audience. There, what else you got, Hardcore Hoss? Well, you know, I, I was looking back through uh, through some Facebook and Twitter type stuff, and you know, I noticed that you know back around September 25th and uh, October 1st, you had two title defenses and. In about a week's time, 
uh, one against Dangerous Delicious and the other one against Young Goats. How do you prepare for uh, defending your titles in such a short span of time? You want to answer this one? Um, yes. Yeah, so um, actually, it was a um, it was the, it was a different um, different change of pace because you know the pressure comes with uh, being champion. So we had to turn turn everything up a notch. We had to turn up our training regimen a notch. Had to you know start just zoning in a little bit more because now that you know the target is on our backs, as they like to say. But um, we did get thrown a curveball because we went in. Uh, I think we were going to have a title defense and ended up being um, me in a triple threat, which uh, ended up uh, with uh, one of our dangerous and delicious guys uh, not being medically cured to compete. So they um, just switched the, you know, pulled a switcheroo and uh, threw me in a uh, triple threat match, which was pretty good. Came out on top, but then we just uh, shifted focus right back to um, right back to our next title defense against the young goats at WrestleMax, which was not an easy task. And them boys got our they got mm-hmm. our nod for sure. Anytime, anytime they want to run it back, we we can do that. And it, it was also such an honor for us because. You know, we're we are leading the tag team division at Cape Girado right now. And so to defend the titles not in Cape, but at WrestleMax, that was a huge honor for us. Well, the way that I look at it is you guys are one of many tremendous young tag teams coming out of St. Louis. And and the fact that you're having to be in such high profile matches back to back says something about what you guys are doing because the promoters aren't gonna put you in that position unless they believe in you. So that's a real great question, John. That was good. All right. And uh, another question I had looking through everything. Um, I saw on ATM's uh, Twitter account where he had a post where he was talking about um, he knew that he wanted to be a wrestler from the age of four and, and that he's been doing it since 2019. So obviously it took a lot of hard work and a lot of determination to uh, actually achieve the dream. So what would you tell your younger self about uh, how to achieve your dream if you could talk to your younger self? I would would tell my younger self is to block out what other people have to say about what you want to do. Because growing up, you know, yeah, there are people that were fans of wrestling, but then there are also the other people like, oh, you know, wrestling's uh, fake. Like, why would you want to do this? You know, and, and you know, uh, before I actually made my choice to transition, I always felt like, well, if, if I did wrestling, people would judge me a type of way, you know. But then I finally tell myself, you know, I don't care what people say if they judge me because this is what I want to do. I would have to tell my younger self that no matter what anybody tells you, you can do it and you can make it work. Damn right. Awesome words of encouragement, man. I love to hear that. I'm getting teared up over here. (laughs) But that's a beautiful thing, man, because we rarely get the opportunity uh, to reflect back. And you guys are still pretty early on in your careers, which is what I find impressive. And what's exciting for me is that there are a lot of other great young tag teams that are like kind of climbing the ladder along with you guys. And there's one tag team in particular that I got to ask you guys about. You may have heard of them. Maybe you have not. (laughs) Um, Actually, there's more than one. (laughs) 
Um, so first, let me start off with Moses and Raheem De La Suerte. You guys are familiar with these two young men? We're big fans of them as well. <laughs> so why don't you guys tell us how you feel about those gentlemen? Oh, we're, we're about to experience Ooh. technical difficulties. Okay. All right. So, early on in, like, uh, in our tag team career, I feel like uh, Moses Raheem were the first tag team that no role models actually faced, I believe. And, mm-hmm. you know, from there, it's just been, like, the rivalry between us, you know. And honestly, like, they're probably my favorite opponents to, to face. The chemistry that we have is, is there, you know, and it's – you know, as you guys know, we all of us are a part of Team Ambition. So, you Shout know, out to Team we, Ambition. Tootie, yeah. killing the game, by the way. Jesus, Louise, Tootie is killing sure, the game. Sure. Yeah. But just like, just to grow with them as being like the two upcoming tag teams, it's a real honor on both of our sides, you know, like. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing to work with them, you know. It's literally iron sharpens iron kind of thing, you know? Well, I, I guess here's a question for you guys, since, since you have that relationship with them, would there be a possibility in the future of a no role models versus alpha Omega match? Because that And let me tell y'all something y'all don't know. Y'all may not know this. So early on, um, this was a few years ago, I had the privilege of helping book a couple of shows here in Kansas City and a lot of great young talent, but I played a part, I won't take all the credit, but I played a part in getting Alpha Omega their first championships. Now that promotion folded, it's no longer around. It was unfortunate, but even back then I saw it. And now with the ascension of Camaro, Kenny uh, Kenny Alfonso's having matches with Jeremy Wyatt, these guys are killing the game, so they've gotten that much better since then. How excited would you guys for an opportunity to face Alpha Omega sometime in the near future? And I know that's you know that's fam, but I know y'all still know you want to measure yourself to get the best, and Alpha Omega are a couple of the best. You see, man, I've been bothering Camaro Jackson for the longest <laughs> about in the wheel getting back together. So they no need to get back together. I mean, for us, it it will be like a you know, cause when I started, uh, I was at the uh, Black Wrestling Matter the first show, and I saw them tag against Tentacle. Shout Tentacle, out to John West. Like, and like those two as a team, like they kill it. They like they they kill it. You know what I'm saying? And you know, when we came a team, they were do off during that single stuff. Hopefully, they can get you know they can get back together. You know, you know, face your boys, no role models. Yes. Even if it's just a one-off, because let's be honest here, right? We're we're talking about the business, so let's talk business. Camaro Jackson, as an individual, no shade on Kenny. Kenny's fantastic. But but Camaro Jackson, as an individual, has a very high ceiling. So I can understand why maybe there's a little bit of at least a pause on the tag stuff, because Camaro, as an individual, is so outstanding and at this point, I think people are looking to book him as a single. And so you got to ride with that. You know what I'm saying? And I respect it because, I mean, they call the guy the quad father for a reason. He's got the look. He's got the charisma. That man, I, mean, I swear, I, I walked by him one time. I didn't know if I was, like, in the forest looking at a bunch of oaks or if it was just a regular man that I was looking at. The dude is a beast. 
And from what I hear, his training is second to none. So that leads me to my next question. You've been training with him. You've been training with the illustrious, the Midwest legend, Mike Outlaw. Uh, I'm sure there have been some highs and lows. Talk to us a little bit about that, man. Uh, are they putting you guys to the ringer, um, trying to bring you guys up to part of where they're at? Has has there been challenges throughout the learning process working with those guys? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, challenges uh, going through that process. And, like, it's kind of like with anything, if you – like if you really, if you really dedicated about something, and if you really, if you really want it, then you will do any and everything to make it happen. And real, and especially Camaro being, you know, being a husband and a father outside of wrestling, and you know, working, working jobs to provide for his family, provide, you know, make his career happen. Like that, that right there was already my like, okay, there, there's no excuse because he got, he got three, four mouths to feed, so what what are you doing sitting you know sitting on your hands and just letting days go by and not not making any progression so you it's it's literally that make or break and that's one thing that um that's one thing that uh him and outlaw really instilled in us is when is you either it's either going to make you or it's going to break you so whether whether any opportunity any chance any you know anything in wrestling whether the ups and the downs it's either going to make you or break you so it's up to you to just persevere and get to that next level because the results will show just got to do it no doubt about it and there's a reason you guys are here because the results are already showing pretty early on in your guys's career so just because i know people like to tune into the show to find out about newer talent let's go backwards a little bit the names the the tag team name where did eli rossi atm and no role models where did that originate were you guys just kicking and playing games, throwing back and I back and forth ideas. Did somebody bestow the name on you guys? Talk through us, uh, talk with us uh, through that, that creative process for both your individual names and also your, your tag team name, if you don't mind. I'll go first. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the ATM name is, uh, it came from a lot of things. So it's uh, the initials and I changed the initials to you know mean all that matters, but the, the real initials of ATM is my name and my name's Andrew McCaster. And then the T is uh, my brother's middle name, actually. That's where the Terrell comes from. That's the T. And so I hold that name is A is my name given to me by my mother. The T represents my brother. And then McCaster is my last name, represents the last name that my mother gave me. So whenever I wrestle, that's what the all that matters format comes from, because that's what all that matters to me. And so when I initially got the name, uh, when I was like younger, one of my friends of mine, he like, you know, he was a rapper and he wanted me to do stuff with him. I just, I just saw it as a hobby. So he's like, well, you need a rapper name. I'm well, what's a rapper name, you know? And I, and it just popped in my head, ATM. But when I transitioned into wrestling, I made it mean even more to me it now. Works, than it back then. Well, and, and before you jump in, Eli, I want to say this. When I heard your name, bro, something really positive popped into my head. I was like, three letters. You know what came to my head? ACH. And I said, that that's one of my – as a matter of fact, I, I'm sure y'all are fans of his. So I'm going to see if I still have it here. I do. You guys are ACH fans, right? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, so let me show you guys something. Oh, no, I don't have it. My wife must have put it away. I was at a St. Louis Anarchy show, mm-hmm. and ACH was fighting, I think, Jason Kincaid, and it was just like a 
no holes barred or, or something like that. Or I don't know if Pentagon was there or whatever. So it's this gigantic fork, like these forks that you put up on your wall as a decoration. I'm sure you guys have seen them somewhere. Well, ACH signed the fork and I still have it. And it's one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to wrestling. So I heard ATM. I go, if I can figure out what the acronyms mean, all that matters, that's going to make even more sense for me. So I love it, bro. I think it's a very creative name. Surprise nobody's ever used it before because ATM, that, you know, money, all that matters. I think it's a great combination, very creative. And I think it fits, bro, because you, you with the glasses and everything you got going on. I like the Stilo, my friend. I do. What about you, Eli? How did you come up with uh, with your persona? And maybe tell us about the tag team name as well. Okay, so um, so really the persona came from a mix of things. Um, before I was in wrestling, I was uh, a poet and spoken word artist here in uh, St. Louis. So I always went by went by Eli, well, Eli Nigma as a play on the word Enigma, which also came from my love of being a Jeff Hardy fan as a kid. But um, uh, I recently I changed it over to Eli because really, actually, my older sister Aloha started calling me Eli, and it just stuck with me. So I've been Eli everywhere I go. And um, really, the Rossi part, believe it or not, came from WWE 2K when I made a creative wrestler, and I was trying to put me in the game, and I couldn't, um, I couldn't find a way to say like Enigma for the last name, so I just scrolled through the list, and Rossi was on there, so I was like, okay, let me hear how this sounds like as it's being announced, and they had the little automated voice say Eli Rossi, and I was like, okay, that, that fits. So I that. It. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then when um, you know, going through the training process and uh, when you're coming up with your wrestling name, I was like, you know what? Eli Rossi is simple. So I just kept it. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's how Eli Rossi came to be came to be a thing. And you, and you before you go on to the tag team, maybe you want you know what yours made me think of? I was just I just realized that this ended up being one of my favorite movies. I don't know if you guys are fans of Denzel, but yeah. Book of Eli. Yep. And dude, yep. I always get that. He's like, you yeah. touch me. He's like, you touch me again. You'll never have a hand again. And my man's like, yeah. And he mm-hmm. the hand. I was like, dude. Mm-hmm. And then I seen your picture, my guy. And you know, when you, you know, doing this thing, whatever, right. I was yeah. like, Eli fits so well, bro. And, and I'm always <laughs> wondering about that. Like, like you must rattle your brain for a while. Like, man, what, who am I? What am I? What makes sense? And I think you guys have both hit it on the head. So now you got to tell me about the tag team name. I know we've heard of a best friends, no new friends, and now we got no role models. Break it down for me, Eli. How did that come about? Um, you know, I actually got to turn that one over to Drew because he's the one that came up with the team name. Okay, so okay. Turn it back over to Drew on that one. <laughs> so during the inception of the team, uh, we couldn't figure out a name that fit well with us, and so. You know, I'm a big music guy, and uh, so I'll just listen to J. Cole. Like, as as people might know, if they see me wrestle as singles, J. Cole's ATM song is the song that I come out to. And so I was just, you know, listening to J. Cole, and then the No Role Model song played. And I was like, well, you know, No Role Models, that's, that sounds fitting. It sounds catchy. But the thing with me is that I just didn't take the name. I made the name. To where it would fit us just not taking a name just to have one right but with me and any name i saw no role models and i was like you know what well gotta fit personally for me growing up you know i everyone has a role model, but role models let you down sometimes mm-hmm. and you know that's why they say never meet your heroes right they always say yeah. that never meet your heroes yeah and 
you know, everyone wants to be their role models. But the thing with me and Eli, we don't. No role models. We're just us. I like that. Now, I have to maybe take a leap of faith here and ask you guys a question. Because of the name, does that mean that when you come out, the fans aren't always necessarily on your side, right? Like you you guys are looking to to draw that heat from the crowd, at least in this moment, right? I'm guessing that the majority of places that you guys work, you're being booked as heels because of the name. Is, is that right? <laughs> we, we leave it we leave it up to perspective, you know. So All like, right. we really just we let the fans decide. Like if you want to cheer us, that's your business. If you want to boo us, that's your business too. At the same time, we we in there to we in there to do a job and handle business and as we always like to say, show up and show out. So, you know, you might see something that you like, you might not see something that you like, but all right, so for the record, y'all are not ripping posters and yelling at grandma on the front row. I've done it once. Ah, uh, see, see, I knew it. <laughs> I had no knowledge of that. I was not around. You were turned around when he did that. Okay. Yeah, I must have. I think I might have been at at um, a merch table or something. That's right. <laughs> He's putting it all back on ATM. Well. Listen, guys, we're getting uh, close to the end of the interview, but I want to bring my man John back on, my man Hardcore Hoss, for one more question or any comment that he might have, because I know I have at least one more. Hardcore Hoss, what do you got for our friends? No role models. I know that uh, one of your next upcoming events will be uh, at Grave Consequences. So. If they're listening, what do you have to? What would you have to say to your opponents at Grave Consequences? Should they actually be listening right now? Ooh. All right, man. Okay, you listen. Time to work. Listen, listen closely. No role models does one thing, and one thing only. Everywhere we go, we show up and we show out. Mm-hmm. And you know, this Friday isn't going to be any different. No role models are going to do exactly what we do best. Again, show up and show out. And we're going to take that W. Easiest part. One, two, three. Uno, dos, tres. What about you, Eli? Um, he literally beat me by one second. Um, only other thing I can say is, is um, you know, come ready for a fight. Come ready to leave it all in the ring because that's the only way we roll. That's the, only, that's the only way no role models roll. That's the only way team ambition rolls. We leave it all in the ring, and we do it all again the next morning. Ooh, I love the energy, gentlemen. Now, I have to ask, going into my last couple of questions, you guys got the opportunity to spend some time with some legends not too long ago. Yeah. You got to hang out with Davey Richards. You got to hang out with Minoru Suzuki. I know you guys are workers. You don't fanboy out like we do. You don't name drop. But listen, this is what I do. This is what I get paid to do. So maybe step out of your wrestling boots for a second, if you can, and talk to me from just a fan's perspective how awesome it is to be able to share a locker room with a Davey Richards and a Minoru Suzuki, which was a huge thing not only for you guys and Team Ambition, but – really for pro wrestling in St. Louis and in the Midwest in general. Two guys, very notable, very respected. How was it 
to be under the same umbrella of those guys for a night. Oh, like, man, it was cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like to to grow up and just watch these people, and then to actually share a locker room with them. It's like all the hard work that you've done to get to where you are it really paid off. You know, right. because you know not only did we witness the you know Suzuki versus Richards, but we we got the photo. You know, stuff like yeah. that that maybe ten year old me would not imagine that I'm in a picture like this today. Oh man, and so. As a fan, to be a part of that, man, it's just so cool. So cool. Yeah, I even um, I even made the post um, a little bit a few days later um, when I got the picture with Suzuki that the 15-year-old me was losing his mind and flipping out seeing us seeing us in this uh, picture with Suzuki. And um, it's, it's just a surreal moment just realizing, like, it could have been anybody. It could have been in any other, any other place, any other promotion, territory, any of that. It happened in St. Louis, and Minoru Suzuki came and did a tour here in St. Louis, and we're literally getting the opportunity to train and sit under the umbrella of Davy Richards. And like we always say, it could have been anybody. Could have been anybody, any place, any time. But it was us. So it, it's happening for a reason. So. It is happening for a reason, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think this is the beginning of a long, healthy journey for both of you through professional wrestling. I've been around long enough now. As you, I don't know if you guys can see in the background. This is episode 367 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. We have Punishment Martinez on the show. We've had Million Dollar Man on the show. Anybody that you can think of. We've had on the Paul Orndorff, Tolly Blanchard, Kevin Sullivan. The list goes on and on. And here's the most exciting thing of all. I think you guys are going to dig this. Most, if not all the guys that come on the show eventually end up going to the big show. Josiah Williams did it. Josiah Williams did it as a musician. Uh, A guy that used to be known as Punishment Martinez. You might know him as Damian Priest now. He Mm -hmm. was with us. And he came on and did the thing, and now he's a the the, uh, the United States champion for WWE. So I don't want to jinx you guys or anything, but the Wrestle Talk podcast is a progressive step towards the big stage. And from what I can tell, not only from seeing you guys work, but from your personalities, I think you guys are well on your way. Stay humble, keep working hard, and keep listening to the same people you're listening to because you guys got a lot of smart people in your ear. And as long as you guys still ha- stay healthy. I think there's nowhere to go but up. There's no question about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Now, before we let you go, there's one last bit of business that we got to handle. Number one, welcome as the newest members of the WrestleTalk family. Thank you. Thank you. Number two, you got to tell us where you're going to be working next. I know we touched on it just a second ago, but where is No Role Models going to be competing next? Please drop it on us. Okay, so um, we already talked about uh, Grave Consequences this Friday in uh, Arnold, Missouri. Um, we also have another uh, show coming up. I got to I gotta cheat and use my notes. Forgive me. Um, yeah, so um, October 24th, Sunday, we've got the Strange Donuts versus the Four Hands Brewery. Uh, the car That is going to be down at South Broadway Athletic Club, another Dynamo show. 
definitely if you were in the st louis area come out to either one of those shows you can make it over to arnold come out to grave consequences on friday if you're around in the south uh, side near Soulard and everything, make it down to South Broadway and catch us down to Strange Donuts versus Four Hands Brewery. And um, we also got one more match oh, coming we got up. A few. We, we got a few. We got we're a few. also defending the CCW Tag Team Championships yes, October yes, 30th yes, yes, yes. in Cape Girardeau. We're making our debut at NGW in Tennessee. Yep. And then we got a surprise for y'all on November 7th. Right. Yeah, we Glory can't tell you about that one. Can't tell y'all about this it yet. This is the place to do it. What are y'all talking about? This is that, the place. It's confidential. But oh, you know, well, I do have a legendary professional wrestler who would like to chime in on the fact that you're going to save it. Right, let's hear from the Iron Sheik. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, again, thank you for being here tonight. Mad kudos and props to you guys. You're mad humble, hardworking. You guys are working with the right people in the business. Stay healthy, stay strong. And I got a very special song that's going to play during break. So before you guys take off, make sure you check out what we're playing in honor of today being a national holiday. Okay, it is the first day of the NBA season, and it's all about oh, the Heat and the Lakers. Okay, and if it wasn't because of you guys, I would have I would have called in sick, and I'd be watching the Bucks in the Brooklyn <laughs> right now. Okay, but I love you guys so much that I had to be here. So no role no role models on behalf of the Night Out Hardcore Hoss and the rest of the Wrestle Talk family and team. We thank you guys for being here. Nothing but love thank and respect. You all right, we're going to go ahead and hit this break music. I'm sure we're going to get flagged YouTube. All them people are going to be pissed off, but we don't care, baby, because this is all about episode 367, Night Out Hardcore Hoss, No Role Models, baby. Here it is. No Role Models. <laughs> With the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets selection. Martin Luther King would have been on Dreamville. Talk to him then. One time for my LA sisters. One time for my LA Sorry, I'm never coming home. I'm Stay for good. They hang the phone up and proceed to later wood. I came fast like 911 in white neighborhoods. Ain't got no shame about it. She think I'm spoiled and I'm rich because I can have any bitch. I got defensive and said, nah, I was the same without it. But then I thought back, back to a better me. Before I was a B-list celebrity, before I started calling bitches, bitches so heavily. Back when you could get a platinum plat without no melody, you weren't sweating me. One time for my L.A. sisters, one time for my L.A. hoes. Lame niggas can't tell the difference. One time for a nigga who knows. Don't save her, she don't wanna be saved. 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 I want a real love, dark skin and ain't viv love. That Jada in that real love, that leave a toothbrush at your crib, love. And you ain't gotta wonder whether that's your kid, love. Nigga, I don't want no bitch from reality shows. 
Out of touch with reality, hoes out in Hollywood, bring her back five or six hoes. Fuck them, then we kick them to the door, nigga. You know how it goes. She deserved that. She a bird. She a bird. She a bird. You think about it, you think about it, you think about it, Taking off a skirt, let her wear my shirt before she leave. I'ma need my shirt back, nigga. You know how it goes. One time for my LA sisters. One time for my LA hoes. Lame niggas can't tell the difference. One time for a nigga who knows. Don't save her. She don't wanna be saved. 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 There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on. Shame on you. It fooled me, we can't get fooled again. Fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Fool me three times, fuck the peace sign. Load the chopper, let it rain on you. Fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Fool me three times, fuck the peace sign. Load the chopper, let it rain on you. My only regret was too young for Lisa Bonet. My only regret was too young for me alone. Now all I'm left with is hoes from reality shows. Hand of a script, the bitch probably couldn't read alone. My only regret was too young for Shade Adu. My only regret could never take a little home. Now all I'm left with is hoes up in crazy. Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, ladies and gentlemen and loyal members of the WrestleTalk family. We are back for hour number two of episode 367 of the WrestleTalk podcast. And what a wonderful first hour of the show we had. Hardcore Hoss, go ahead and unmute yourself, bro. Give me your perspective on an incredible first hour of the WrestleTalk podcast, man. How do you think we did? Oh, I think we did wonderful. You know, I think it was a great first hour, great interview. You know, it was great to learn about those guys, you know, just uh, so much there to learn about and look forward to learning even more about them in the future. Well, there's no doubt about it that we have um, an interesting balance here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Obviously, we're always going to talk about current events, about everything that's happened in the world of professional wrestling. But when it comes to our interviews, we like to have a lot of variety. We like the new school. We like the old school and everything in between. And I think tonight's show is the epitome of what the Wrestle Talk podcast does, right? We hit on all the current topics. Then we brought in the Youngbloods. And now we have the privilege of talking to two veterans of the professional wrestling game guys that have been wrestling since the early 90s, maybe even the late 80s, they're going to join us and share a little bit about their story with us and what they're up to these days. Are they still active? Are they going to be active again? Can they give us a couple of road stories, maybe their origin story? We're getting the opportunity to do that and a whole lot more as we welcome in for the very first time here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Allen, the Lumberjacks. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Always an honor and a pleasure to have gentlemen of your prestige here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am the Night Owl. That is Hardcore Hoss. I'm in Kansas City. 
He's out in West Virginia, so you guys are being seen all over the country. Thank you for making time for us. Hey, no problem, no problem. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. All right, well, let's get right into it. I don't know if you guys were tuning in to the first part of the show. We had a couple of young, talented professional wrestlers operating as a tag team as no role models. Right off the bat, in case those guys are still watching, you guys have been doing this for a long time. Any young tag team that's looking to get into the game today, what advice would you two veterans offer to a young tag team? A couple of greenhorns making their way in the business today. Don't give up on it. And uh, you are always do what the booker tells you to do. And uh, you, it's a two-way street in the match. So make it look good on both sides, and you'll have plenty of business. And stay busy, busy, busy. Do tag team matches. Try to, you know, try to shy away from the singles. Get into the tag team end of it. It's an art. So you guys are saying you got to fully commit and stick with it. And, and let me tell you why I think that's a very important point. These guys are a very young tag team, maybe working a year and a half, two years together. And the fans were already asking if either one of them would ever see themselves in a singles run. How hard is it to stay focused on the tag team when people on the outskirts are always wondering if one or the other is going to eventually go into a singles run? What are the challenges of trying to keep a tag team together, gentlemen? For us, we're, we're brothers, and that's why it was kind of – uh, easy for us to stay with it, but when you do it, you it, it yeah everybody tries to push it towards uh, individual matches, single matches, and that. But there's a skill and there's an art to tag teaming, and I think everybody should start with it because that's where you learn is in the tag team matches. Because if you're if you're really serious and you want to do tag team wrestling, stick with it. Focus on it. Don't don't let nobody break you up because tag team, it it it, it really is an art, artful way of doing it. I mean, look at years ago in the NWA, it's WCW, all that. You know, tag teaming was big, and it's still it, it still can be big, but it's you've got to work hard at it, and you got to feel each other out, and you got to have a you got to have a partner that's ready to commit with you at the shows. Well, you're absolutely right, and I love, Alan, that you brought up the NWA. The NWA is back and in full effect. As you guys know, they just had a huge show in the St. Louis area a couple of weeks ago. As longtime old-school fans, how exciting was it for you guys to see the NWA back in St. Louis for NWA 73? I think it was great. I think it's probably uh, to have back at the chase uh, where wrestling started and uh, – I think it, it it showcased the city and NWA on top of it all. And we have several friends with NWA. So uh, I thought it was a very good – you couldn't beat it, man, for the price and uh, the prestige back at the Chase in St. Louis. Excellent. And right here in St. Right here in St. Louis, the, the Chase was the home of NWA. It absolutely was. Big shout-out to uh, – Herb Simmons, Larry Matisak, and, and all the wonderful legends that try to keep the memory of the chase alive. I, I don't know if you guys have seen, there's a, a book that recently came out. Uh, we had the gentleman as a, as a guest of ours just a couple of weeks ago, the author, and there's a tabletop book 
that recently came out. Uh, that's everything wrestling at the chase. It took a, a few years. Uh, John, maybe you can help me with Ed's last name. But yeah, that tabletop book that just came out was all about the NWA, the history of it. And a lot of that book from the previews that I've seen revolves around tag team wrestling, which was very prevalent in the NWA. And we're seeing it kind of come back to the surface again as something that's incredibly important for every promotion. Why do you guys think it's so important for every promotion to have a strong, strong tag team division? Because I, I me and myself, I think when you have a good, strong ta uh, tag team and a division with teams in it, individual guys tagging together, you grow. And you've got to have that. I'm oh, sorry, a little bit of an audio issue there, but but you were yeah. saying that you you have the growth uh, with the tag teams that continue to develop under the same umbrella. I, I couldn't. Yeah, explain. yeah, you're you're exactly right because during a tag team match, you got you got four guys in there working their skill, working their craft, and they're learning from each other in there, and that's four guys working and. Tag team, tag team wrestling is great. It's it's just a it's a, it's a big roundabout learning thing, and it's great for promotions to have that. I I, I want to see more promotions have tag team wrestling, and it's kind of a lost thing here in the Midwest now. When you go see a show, everybody wants to say, "Who's your tag champs? When's the tag teams come out?" Everybody wants to see a tag team. Now, are you guys of the belief, and I know when I've had an opportunity to book a couple of shows, I always felt like the tag match had three good spots. Right at the beginning of the show, right after intermission, or if you have it built up well enough as the main event, depending on where it is on the card, where do you guys prefer to perform? I like it after the intermission. I think it, it should rank up there with your uh... – you know, after intermission, then your junior lightweight and your your heavyweight championship. But I think I like it after intermission myself. Yeah, it should be right after intermission. There should be a build up for it because yeah. usually people are throwing their heavyweight main event tag main event match there, or their their light heavyweight you know right there at the end. But tag teaming should be right after intermission, and then you got those last two to fill everything in. Dude, that's awesome. I, I completely agree. I think it's a great pick-me-up after intermission. Everyone's kind of gone to the restroom, gotten their food. We all need that pick-me-up yeah. to kind of just re-engage into the show, and I don't think anything does that better than tag team wrestling. Before I throw it over to my counterpart, Hardcore Hoss, I did have one other question, um, and it's about um, your guys' ability to be around for as long as you have been if there is a secret to your success after being in this business active for close to 30 years, what would you say the primary factor is in longevity, which is what everybody's looking for in the sport? Uh, our, on our case, we just ain't had no bad injuries. Uh, we, uh, we got a ring in our own house and uh, we stayed limber and our jobs outside the wrestling business uh, makes us limber. So we just ain't really had no major injuries. So I, I think if you keep yourself in a decent shape and keep yourself loose, I think you could go for a long, long time. I mean, yeah, they're staying injury free. That's the big is thing. the big thing. Yeah, and getting in the ring and practicing your matches. Like 
We got a full gym and ring. And building and everything. So that's that's been our help over the years. You can't beat that, having a, a, a ring. It's one thing to work out, right, guys? But it's a whole other thing to be inside the squared circle. And the more you can do that, probably the better you're going to be at your craft. Would you gentlemen agree with that? Well, oh, yeah. Ring shape's totally different. You can be a marathon runner, but you, you when you're ring, ring shape, that's a total different shape. You're <laughs> right on. You're spot on. That's a good point. Well, I'm going to throw it here to uh, my partner in crime, Hardcore Haas, chilling over there in the beautiful Mountaineer state of West Virginia. Hardcore Haas, what do you have for our boys, the Lumberjacks, here tonight? Well, you know, we, we kind of touched on a little bit that uh, you don't see quite as much tag team wrestling as, as you used to. And I, I agree that, you know, when you go to a show or even watching it on TV, when you see a tag team match, you know, it's it's actually more exciting than watching a singles match a lot of times just because of the cohesion that has to go on between everybody. So why do you think it is that uh, tag team wrestling has seemed to fallen off to where it is now? Mm, good question. I think probably because, uh, uh, I hate to say it, probably television and the storylines and uh, – uh, they probably make a lot more storylines for individual single matches than tag matches. But I remember back in the days, you know, when we were growing up, you you had the fabulous free birds and the road warriors. We got we couldn't wait until they came on the show to watch. So I think it's just the storylines are making towards it. Yeah, the storylines and the angles, they just they're making it more interesting to watch the single wrestlers than they are the tag. So, I mean, it's uh back in the day, it was great. Tag team wrestling was, was huge. You had six men, you had regular tag match. You, I mean, now it's, it's basically all singles really. Yeah. Like I say, it, it really takes a cohesion between all everybody involved to really make a tag team match work. Yeah, you know, because you can't exactly be on one page right. and your partner be on another. It, it just wouldn't work. So I find no, it more no. interesting. Yeah, you know, it, I, I would think if everybody's getting into the business and you're starting out, everybody ought to do a tag because there is so much involved with it. Like you said, the communication, getting everything worked out. And you might be tagging with a guy you never tagged with before. So it's a whole nother thing. And it's a learning process, and it's a good way to start because you've seen almost everybody start in a tag team and broke off into singles. It's a big tag team wrestling is communication more than most of the other matches going on. you got two people that communicate together and make that match work. Yeah, I, I would think, you know, that – you really need to know your tag partner to make everything work well. These tag teams that just get thrown together, you know, here, good tag with this guy tonight. They they can sometimes work out, but I can see where a lot of times if that cohesion yeah. isn't there, you know, it's just, it just doesn't work. Yeah, you're exactly right. You yeah. see it all the time. You can, Go ahead. You can tell. You can tell when they just throw somebody together with each other. You can sit out in the audience and see that, that, you know, this is just something they throw together. And a tag team, they got to 
they got to look alike. They got to work alike. They got to have the same rhythm, the same style to where they're, they're together. Most guys, they, like you said, they slap them together for a night and it's, it's just all wishy washing. They don't even know what's going on. People, the people lose interest in it. But when you see two guys that are working the same, looking, looking the same and, and uh, they're going at it, keeps the interest going. And it gets your name out there. Hey, you guys are designated as a tag team. Well, and and I'll jump in here between questions and say this. I I think the thing that bothers me the most is that tag teams have been used as a way to tuck away main event talent. Uh, For example, Robert Roode, what they do, they they stuck him with Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Rhea Ripley, they kind of stuck her and Nikki A.S.H. together for those that are following WWE. I think it's disheartening uh, to disrespect the tag team division when you've got legitimate tag teams that work together all the time by sticking together a couple of main eventers because there's no room for them at the top. And I think there's no more evidence than that than what we're seeing with some of the major products where they're taking top stars, people that would potentially be on the main event, but there's not enough room, so they just throw them together. And here's the best part of it, Hardcore Haas. They give them the tag team championships, which is what we're seeing in certain promotions. Like, guys, we all know you're sticking these people together because you have no room for them at the top. But in order to try to deceive the fan base, you give them a title belt, and you want us to believe that they're a legitimate tag team. Hardcore Haas, I'm just not buying it, and I think it's disrespectful. I agree a hundred percent. It it's disrespectful to your legitimate tag teams that work day in and day out to just hand somebody the championship and say, well, here, you, you know, take this and run with it for a while. See what you can do when they're not a tag team. <laughs> and it happens a lot. Indeed. What do you lumberjacks think about that? Is it a little frustrating well, you- from your perspective? A little, you know, a little bit, but, you know, you talk about Rude. Rude's one of mine, and I watched uh, Raw last night, and they had him. Right. He's, he's a man that I think, uh, just putting him in a spot, you know, putting him in a spot. Giving him, uh, they're, they're, they're using him, keeping him working by throwing him in there when, he should be way up the food chain. Robert Root is the best example that I can think of. There's not enough yeah. room for him at the top. You stick him in a tag team, and he's been stuck there for two years now. Two no, years. No, no, you're, exact, you're exactly right. I was thinking about that last night watching it. I go, why is this guy still doing this? He's a guy he's that, like I said, he should be on hard. top of the food chain, and he should be getting a push, a big push. Maybe it's an age thing. And, and that leads me to my next question. John, sorry for jumping in here. Okay. Have you guys felt or seen the industry shift away from some of the older talent? Have you guys felt any of that? Like maybe, and I don't, I'm not expecting you to call anybody out, but have you guys maybe felt that like maybe a little bit of that age discrimination from a, from a, a booking standpoint? Because I think we're seeing that on the majors I'm not so sure if we're seeing the same thing in independence. Can you guys experience that? I think I think you're exactly right. You see it on the majors, but from us being out here on the independent circuit, it seems like you know the the, the veterans are are, are kind of coming coming back, and uh, it's like the veterans are the guaranteed 
uh, to put butts in the seats and to help the shows out. So I, I think it's kind of the majors. It's that the other way. And in the, in the, the independents out here, I think it's kind of, you got some veterans on the card. It kind of stables everything up. And I will say if there, if we need any more evidence to prove that, that the veterans are, are outstanding is look at Trevor Murdoch, who I know both of you guys are familiar with. He's the freaking NWA champion. Yeah. Alan, that's something that's got to make you proud. Yeah. We, uh, Trevor, he was, he was around when, uh, we knew when he first started. Yeah, I'm proud of him. He's doing great, man. He he's, he he came so far. He did just really good. Look at the achievements. Great. Okay, guys. It looks like we may be having a little bit of a connection issue with the lumberjacks. There, we're going to give them about. Uh, 10 seconds to see if we can get their connection restored. Uh, but, John, I got to ask you that same question. You saw Trevor Murdoch win the NWA uh, uh, championship from Nick Aldis. I still continue to believe that as long as it's not on a part-time basis, as long as the guy – that's my one rule. I don't really care how old you are as long as you can work. CM Punk, Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, you, you can go down the list. As long as they're working – regularly i think you can put a, a belt on an older champion as long as they're able to keep up with the schedule like we're seeing with trevor murdoch do you agree or disagree with that oh i agree if you can work regular there's no reason you can't hold a belt but you know when you get people like uh goldberg a belt and then you know he keeps it for a couple months and then drops it That's and then you'll see him for a year yeah or even brock lesnar they hand him a belt and you only see him at pay-per-views. Other than every that, other you know, pay-per-view, not even every pay-per-view. You know, it, those people don't need to hold belts. But, I, yeah, you're right. But yeah, you're right you on can, that. If yeah. you can work regular, then I, I have no problem hanging a belt on you, no matter what what age they are. You know, I, I think it's great. Absolutely. Is the communication back, guys? Oh, you guys are great now. Yeah. We finally got All you right. off the dial. We got you some high-speed internet now. Wait, oh, oh, all right. <laughs> That's all. John, did you have any more questions for these gentlemen? I know I got a couple of more. Well, uh, last question I have here is, you know, in doing my research and everything, I came across uh, a lot of people have different types of merchandise and stuff. And I came across that you guys actually have your own coloring book. Yeah. Whose, whose idea was that, and how did it come That's about? Awesome. That, well, that was my brother. That was my brother Andy on that one. The we got so many kids that flock us at shows, and I seen it online, and I go, you know what? This the kids would like this. It's the holiday season, and the kids flock us, and their parents flock us when we do shows. And I just thought it'd be something good, something different. And they're selling, and then the, the parents love it because it gives them kids something to take home and color. And uh, it's got learning stuff in it, too, you know, mazes and word puzzles and all that. So it works out. It seems like it's selling. I just haven't seen any of them at shows. And then I seen them, I go, you know what? Let's try that out. I don't yeah, think I've ever heard of anyone having coloring books. I've seen some creative stuff, but that's definitely a first. Way to go, guys. Keep yeah. it original. That's awesome. Hey, man, we love people in West Virginia. <laughs> Shout out to God's country, man. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 
We got a friend that lives out in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. In the business or no? No, he just uh, he uh, he was a good friend of ours and moved away, and he's lived the past thirty years in West Virginia. Yeah, he loves it. Loves it. Hey, best moonshine in the country, gentlemen. Let me there you go, man. <laughs> he does. Uh, he puts up a uh, Dish Network. He's a Dish Network guy. He's a Dish guy. Yeah, well, up in the mountains, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people need Dish. You guys got some good shine up that way, right, Hoss? Oh, always. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Hoss awesome probably, probably got some there with him, and he just ain't tell us about it. Well, no, the thing is, he's got it in one of those water cooler things. Ah. Like, we go to work, and we go to the water cooler. He's got freaking apple pie moonshine in one of those five-gallon mm. jugs. So he just fills it up. Oh, that'd be awesome. That sounds like a perfect work spot right there. Hell, yeah, it does. <laughs> Right, so, Don't tell everybody now, Night Al. Sorry, bro. You yeah. know, I got to share with the family. These guys look like they would enjoy a, a couple of snippets of some moonshine. That's oh, yeah, yeah. We, we we drink on occasion whenever we feel like it. Hell, yeah. Actually, I got a jar. There's a guy at my work that home makes his own whiskey. He's got the still. He's got everything. And he made me a jar for this Halloween party we're going to. Ooh. Uh, maybe we can exchange addresses after the show. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. might do that. <laughs> I'll tease it. Okay, so next question. You guys have been on the road. Is it fair to say 30 years, or am I am I aging you guys by saying 30 years? Is 30 years appropriate? No, we, we, uh, we started training in 1987, and then we bursted onto the scene a year later in 88, and we've just been going on since then. So, so – 30 years is fair, right? Am I, am I missing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so in 30 years, I'm sure you guys have got something from a road trip or maybe getting to work with somebody that you idolized growing up. A couple of road stories, maybe some of the guys you've had an opportunity to work with. Like, take us down memory lane, because after 30 years, I'm sure you guys have got to have some pretty awesome stories. They can be funny, heartfelt, whatever's on your heart, share it with us tonight if you don't mind. Well, we we uh we were doing uh Galaxy Championship Wrestling with Luke Graham Jr. Okay. and we were doing shows. He brought Coco Beware in. He brought the original Moon Dogs in, and several Prince Iakea and some of them other guys. And we worked the Moon Dogs. And tell you what, that was a good match, hell of a match because uh, they went old school on us like they did in the eighties. Wow, so you guys got to work with with true legend of the sport. It sounds like. What else? Go ahead, guys. Yeah, and they 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 took it. They they wanted to use trash cans in there, and he goes, "Just don't worry about it. We'll hit you where we need to hit you at." And they bent them all over our backs and threw threw dust in our face and blinded us. And then we come backstage, and we're all black and blue. Oh, that was excellent, guys. You did an excellent job out there. There you go. That's the way we did it. That's the way we did it in the old days, guys. <laughs> so the, wrestling is the only sport where you can physically get your ass whooped and go to the back and like, yeah, great yeah. job, everybody. That's excellent. Excellent work. Yeah, you go backstage and you drink a beer. <laughs> That's good. And, we had a, and actually, a, a funny story, we, we told the same one on another – on another podcast, but we got, they booked, they got us a hotel to stay in. All right. And you know, we were, we, we were driving there. We go, okay, there's the hotel pull in. And we were in Rose city, Arkansas. And we got there and pulled in. There was police tape all over the door. <laughs> and then a tape 
figure of a where the body was laying on the ground. They didn't even pull the pet tape up off the, the hotel room where the guy was just killed at. <laughs> and we go, we, we ain't staying here, man. You so we called the promoter up. We go, hey, we're staying somewhere else, man. <laughs> you pay the difference. It's like you guys walked in on the scene of First 48. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It had to be like the... It had to be the night before we pulled in. It was uh, still there. I know that. I know they didn't or anybody like that. I go. This ain't cool. By the time we drive back from a show at one in the morning and try to sleep in the hotel room, the the next room over, there was a crime. Yeah. No thanks. We're going somewhere else. <laughs> that that's yeah. outstanding, guys. And, and you know what's funny? In the moment, you're kind of pissed off, but when you go back and tell the story, it's freaking gold. It really yeah. is. Uh, yeah, you're right. Which have you guys ever thought about putting all this together or having someone help you put your story together in like a, a documentary or maybe even a book after 30 years of doing this? You guys ever consider doing something like that? The 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 idea is out there. I had the idea a few years ago and it's just kind of sitting down and getting it done, you know. It's a lot of work. But we know some people, you know, John Cosper. Uh, Ed Wheatley, who I, I finally remember Ed's last name, uh, Hardcore Hoss, from the uh, Wrestling at the Chase book. So if you guys need to, to to talk to some people that are experts in that department, let us know. Because after 30 years, you guys have got to have some incredible stories. I'm curious, anybody else that you guys have had a chance to face in the ring um, throughout your 30-year career that you're particularly proud of? Mm. Man, maybe, that was a, maybe your favorite rival did, did opponent. We did we did a we did a match up there with the Harrises up in Chicago, and then we did a lot then we did a lot of indie work a lot of indie work with a lot of different indie guys. I you know I really can't off off the top of my head you know really can't think of one one but I mean I, we 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 enjoy everyone we do and uh, yeah, like we always say you get a chance to get out there you buy the tickets go watch these guys because. We're all out there beating our butts, trying to make it work, and uh, trying to put on the best show we can. And I say, support, support your wrestling in your state, and uh, enjoy because it's a it's a good thing to go see. But we just had a just a lot of different number of guys over the years. Now I'm curious to know how do you guys deal with tag teams that have a different style from you? Say uh, you've got some tag teams that are a little bit more brawler based. Uh, ground base you've got the the high flyers how do you guys adjust what you do to keep up with the the uh the, the tag teams that maybe have a little bit more of an athletic style i'm curious to know how you guys adjust get them in the ring and you slow them down a little bit slow just, them down just like just like a lot of the old timers did you put a size 14 against their heads they'll slow down <laughs> grab them in a headlock stretch the arms out hit them with a suplex Couple clotheslines, it slows them down. Yeah. Target a body spot, maybe a knee, an ankle, something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's awesome to know that you guys have not, the, versa the versatility to be able to face all kinds of tag teams, but also uh, that you stick to your game plan regardless of who you're facing. I think that's something admirable, and you're staying true to yourselves. I mean, you're the lumberjacks, for God's sakes. Nobody's asking you to come off the top rope. You just stay true to yourselves. Yeah. Which leads me to yeah. There's no. Go ahead. There's no Heracaranas or or Moontaws or moon tots or anything. <laughs> we just old school beat down. You, you make it look like a fight the way it should be. Yeah. 
I love that. Well, this leads me to my second to last question. The name okay. of the Lumberjacks, okay? Where did it originate? Are you guys actually Lumberjacks? Are you guys woodsmen? It, it, I like the, the the leather vest and the, the hatchets that I've seen you guys carrying. Who came up with the idea, and why did you guys decide to roll with that? We we liked – we just uh, – we came up with – we were, you know, hashed around different ideas, but we liked to – we were Bushwhacker fans. We were – uh, the Ladukes, guys like that. We really like that old school stuff. We're country kid. We're country guys. Hillbilly. We were out here. We cut wood. We put fences up. We mess with cattle. We got four wheel drives. We go hunting. So we're just country. We're country boys. So we, you know, and then we sat around, you know what? There hasn't been lumberjacks around for years and years and years. So we went with it. And it, and it seemed to work out for us. Are you guys fishermen by chance? I got to ask you. Oh, that. yeah. 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 Okay, okay. This is totally off the beaten path, but I got to know because I'm a young fisherman. I'm okay. fishing. I'm fishing six, six to eight foot deep uh, lakes here in the great state of Kansas. What kind of lures you guys recommend? And should I just put an old fashioned worm on the end? Do I go with these fancy Whoa. ones that they sell at Cabela's? What are you, what are you what fishing are you? for? Uh, crappie, smallmouth bass, you know, the simple stuff. Nothing oh, I would use sports. I would use some minnows, man, and just some some little jigs. But we got a friend now that started a, a fishing uh, tackle company. It's called HD Tackle. If you go on their website, he's Bass Pro Shop just picked all of his merchandise up, and his lures do excellent. He's been a uh, guy's been buying them and winning bass tournaments and everything. He's on doing his lures videos. Yeah. You guys got to send me his information because I want to get better. And well, I've been over in Missouri yep. a few times. He came up with the idea for it, got it patented, and it took off like storm for him. Man, next thing you know, he's going to be like the duck call guys, right? He's going to be big time. He's trying. He's trying, and he's uh, – I can see it happening. Yeah, by the way, Phil, Phil – It just is takes that right thing. Yeah, Phil, Phil's one of my personal heroes, just so you guys know. I may not look it. I'm in a basketball no, jersey wearing a ball cap. But, yeah. yeah. See, <laughs> I'm going to go trout fishing again, so. See, what I need is – I like the whole trout wagon. fishing. Trout fishing. I did that in Colorado. It was incredible. Absolutely. Says, uh, hey, use some crankbait. I'm getting fishing. In Montauk here. Yeah. Montauk and Merrimack Springs here in Missouri. Man, I got to make my way over. I worked uh, Smithville Lake up in uh, northwest Missouri. I got to make my way a little bit further east. So, John, um, we're getting close to that time. Do you have any final questions? Because I could talk fishing and, and hunting with these guys all night long. And I know yeah. we're supposed to be talking wrestling. So <laughs> what do you got for my guys, man? Uh, I I think uh, any of the other questions I had, you've actually taken. It's, it's perfectly okay. You know, as long as we get the answers, that's all that matters. And so I think I'm pretty much out of questions, but I, I really am enjoying talking with these guys. And it's it's been a pleasure so far. And i tell you what, guys, uh, we got a show in a couple weeks here in Cuba, Missouri, November 6th. And we're taking on the Texas Outlaws. 
You got two great big cowboys going to take on the Lumberjacks and then in the Knights of Columbus Hall in Cuba, Missouri. And with ACW's, ACW's been great. Hey, hold on. That's not hosted by Ricky Ricardo, is it? He's not? Okay. No, no. (laughs) Actually, I know there's a Mexico Missouri, too. Dude, I'll tell you what. You guys beat me to the punch because that's what I was going to ask you when you guys are going to be in action next. Um, Now, besides ACW, I know you guys have traveled a little bit in your careers. What are the promotions that you're frequenting the most here recently? Uh, Probably ACW right now. We're kind of just picking and choosing what we really want to do right now. We may go over probably – Run by Herb Simmons. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Maybe we've got a little bit of breaking news. So you're telling me that you guys might be going over to SICW? Is that what I just heard you say? Yes, I'm over there later on down the line, but we're because they've been really good to us and the Okay, unfortunately, it looks like we lost that Andy and Alan there for a second. We're going to give them another another 10 to see if we can get their uh, their connection back steady. It happens, guys. Don't don't feel bad. This is live internet based radio. It's not to be unexpected. But, John, listen, I'm sorry for stealing your questions, bro. These these are some great guests. And how cool is it? We had a couple of young bucks on earlier. Now we got some vets, man. And, and it, what's incredible to me, and here's where I see the correlation. They obviously, uh, you got a couple of country guys. You got a couple of city boys. You know, big, big difference between them. But the passion, John, it's there from both tag teams. And that's what I love. And I think that's something that we can all hang on to, right? Like, if you're passionate about it, and you're willing to stick with it like Andy and Allen were talking about, I think you could be successful at just about anything, including professional wrestling and, and tag team wrestling at that. What do you think? Oh, definitely. I agree with that. You know, and, and one thing with both of these tag teams is like we were talking earlier, you can tell they belong together, you know, and don't get me wrong. I like them, but they're not RK bro. You know, <laughs> those two, you don't, you wouldn't think they belong together at all. They're total opposites. Right. But, you know, the, the this tag team, the Lumberjacks, and the tag team we had earlier, you know, both of them, you can tell they are good tag teams together. Chemistry and, is everything. Yeah, they're very cohesive. So, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. it. Looks like we have you guys back. Uh, we restored the connection. That's good stuff. Let, let's go backwards a little bit. We were talking about ACW. And then you guys potentially making an appearance somewhere else. You mind going uh, over that with us again, uh, um, Andy? Yeah, we uh, we uh, we we plan on uh, branch now over and uh, doing a couple things once a while. But mainly our mainstay is ACW because they've been so good to us, and they're they're really putting on good shows. When, like I said, when you're having five hundred plus fans at a show almost every show consecutive, they're doing great. I mean, it's a fun organization, and uh, they're really bringing a lot of different talent. 
especially in the tag well, team we division. They have, have several tag teams. Well, you guys are going to have to do us a favor and plug us in with the owner over there. We definitely love to have him on. Uh, we cover all the teams in the region. Why we haven't had somebody from ACW on before? It, it surprises me, John. We gotta we gotta get on that. But I'm sure the lumberjacks here could help us out with that. I also heard you say, Andy, uh, something about Herb Simmons, uh, and we yeah. lost you there. So w- can you repeat? Yeah, we that? Uh, we uh, Herb has always talked to us, and we we plan on later down the line, maybe next year sometime, going over and doing a couple for. But our main focus is ACW right now. Well, that's what we love to hear. And I can already tell you just from the feedback that we've gotten here from Dan, Patricia, Angie, Sonny, uh, Aaron, uh, Assad. I mean, the list goes on and on. Susie, all the people that have tuned into the show today have been really excited about hearing what you guys bring to the table I guess my final and most important question is this, gentlemen, after 30 years, have you decided when you're going to hang up the old boots or are you just going to let your body tell you that? I'm curious. I think we'll just let the old body tell us. Yep. I think that's the best best idea right there is let the body tell us. When you start having aches and pains after doing a fifth of whiskey, it's time to hang it up. oh grandpa's old cough medicine well i'll tell you what from my perspective you guys should stay in the game as long as your body lets you man as long as god keeps picking them up you guys keep chopping them on down that's why you're the lumberjacks and that's why you guys are officially the newest members of the wrestle talk family thank you gentlemen for being here it's truly an honor no oh man thank you and uh we appreciate and uh, keep us out there. You guys got a great show, really great show. And I'm glad you guys are out there to, to help the wrestlers out there get heard and seen. Well, we are here to serve gentlemen just the way that you guys are. And uh, all I can say is that our buddy uh, Dave Ruby, Rough Cut Rick Ruby, says hello. Uh, he sends his okay. regards and his respect to you guys. And just know that there's a lot of other people in the pro wrestling community in this area and beyond, even out in West Virginia, that are cheering for the Lumberjacks to continue chopping them down. Andy Allen, thank you guys once again very much for being here. You guys have okay. a great night. One, one, more, one more quick merchandise question. We got a, we're coming out in the next couple weeks, Lumberjack Slam Jam Jelly. Slam Jam Jelly? It will be sold at our merchandise. There's a lady that does canned goods out by us. She's been doing it for years, and she's making a jelly design. I well, we'd definitely be on the lookout for jelly, and me and Hoss are sold because really at some point every single show we always end up talking about food so lumberjacks thank there you for helping out. us hit our quota <laughs> okay man thank you. all right we guys we have to uh, we may actually have to hit you up and see if we can order a jar of jelly offline that's right and I got a couple little pieces. Book sounds good to me send us the info on your boy with the the fishing lures and also the information so that yep. we can check out some of the jelly how's that sound 
I'll actually I'll actually put that fishing lure stuff on my timeline, and then you can go check it out actually to his site. You got it, Andy man. Thank you so very okay. much. Appreciate you guys again. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the veterans of the game for ACW and really Midwest Wrestling, the Lumberjacks. Bravo, gentlemen. Chalk them down. Out they go. Chalk them down. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Boom. How do you like that, Hardcore Hoss? The Lumberjacks, no role models. We're talking about J. Cole in one interview. We're talking about fishing in another. America, damn it. That's all I can say. I love this country. We can talk about it's like two different shows in one, bro. It was absolutely fantastic. I absolutely loved it, and I cannot wait to do it again next week with you, man, for episode 368. What'd you think about tonight, John? I'm sure you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. And you know, and it, it was absolutely perfect because you know, there's one episode that you absolutely fit in perfectly. You know, and then another one where myself, the country boy, fit fit in absolutely perfectly. You know, it, it works out good. Well, here's what you don't know. I live in both worlds. So here's how it goes. During the day, I go to Cabela's, right? Then I go fishing. And then at night, I'm all about hip hop. So that's the beauty of being able to be an American. That's why we do the flags in the Carl Lewis. You guys may think it's a little silly. It's a little corny, but it's the privilege that we have to love what we love and not be defined by it. And before we go tonight, there is one image that I would like to share with everybody because somebody in the chat brought it up. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. And I believe it was our boy, Sonny Money, who said, who cares about the ratings? We just love wrestling or something along those lines. And, and I think I know where he got it from because um, just yesterday, Hardcore Hoss, we put up a picture on our social media. And I want to share it with everybody here on the Wrestle Talk podcast because I think that it really exemplifies how we feel here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And here it is. Um, if you're not already following us on our social media webs, uh, platforms, just at WrestleTalkCast, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, it's at WrestleTalkCast. Of course, everything available to you guys, including you, links to our YouTube channel and our blog talk streams um, at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. But I think this summarizes what this show is. We don't care about ratings. We don't care about politics. We don't care about race. We just love professional wrestling, and we're going to enjoy it no matter how much people want to cry and complain about it, John. This picture, I think, exemplifies exactly how we feel, not just about ratings, but around all the nonsense, the cesspool that is professional wrestling in this country. We just want good wrestling, damn it. Hopefully that picture speaks to you that it, the way that it speaks to me. John, what are your thoughts on it? in your own words. You know, I couldn't agree with the picture more. You know, who cares, you know, what ratings AEW is getting versus WWE or, you know, MLW. You know, who cares? It's wrestling. Just watch it. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But overall, 
for the wrestling fans, it's wrestling. And the more wrestling we can get, the more we love it. So, you know, who cares how much, how many people are watching one versus another? Well, I could not agree more. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached to the conclusion of tonight's episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Again, a huge thanks to all the listeners and the fans, everybody who shared. I didn't really have anybody join us to give away the Honky Talk Man or the Wrestle Talk podcast mug. Hopefully, we'll get a new caller, a new listener that wants to actually join us during high spots. And we'll, you get an opportunity to either walk away with a Honky Talk Man action figure or your very own Wrestle Talk podcast mug. With that said, guys, much thanks and much appreciation to, again, no role models, the Lumberjacks, all the members of the Wrestle Talk family, to you, to Luke Roberts, who helped uh, make today's episode possible, to Luke Scott, uh, I'm sorry, to Nightmare Jones for helping us keep the website updated. John, thank you as well for working your ass off and being here every single week to help me hold it down here on the WTP, brothers. Much love and much respect to you as well. Well, you know, I appreciate it. And of course, we all want to thank you. You know, without you being here, this show would not be what it is today. And, you know, between you and the fans, that it just makes this show awesome. So we want to thank you for everything you do as well, sir. And, you know, I look forward to next week when uh, we get to talk to Chad about uh, WrestleFest 3 and a wrap up on WrestleFest 2. Well, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't even talk about all the people that you got to meet. You guys got to tune in to next week. John probably is not going to shower for the rest of his life with the people that he got to hug and take pictures with at Celeb Fest too, bro. Just don't, don't give it away. We'll save it for next week. But, man, did we get an opportunity to be a part of something special. And I do believe we promised some breaking news, John. So do me a favor. Hit that breaking news and drop the news on us about Celeb Fest 3. Go ahead, brother. All right. Well, they have already set a date for Celeb Fest 3. The date will be, sorry, I didn't have that pulled up here, but the date will be uh, in February. They have started naming some talent. Uh, Lex Luger will be there. Camille will be there. Um, Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon will be there. And, you know, so I'm already getting excited the Wrestle Talk podcast is already talking about being there. Hopefully, you might be able to join us this time night out. Who knows? Maybe if I don't go to Royal Rumble in St. Louis in January, I'm going to try to be in Baltimore in February, which, by the way, going to Baltimore in February, I don't even know what I'm thinking because that's like the worst weather of the year. <laughs> but I don't care. If it's for CelebFest and our boy, for Chad, uh, our boy Chad Clark, uh, you can count on me. Before we go, last thing, this upcoming Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, your boy will be – at Haunted Havoc in Salina at the Salina Fieldhouse for Extreme uh, or for XWE. Um, a 15-foot steel cage match is taking place for the main event. Kit Reaver versus Drake Gallows. One of the things on my bucket list will officially be scratched off. I will get an opportunity to call 
a match in a steel cage. Also, the Knockout Kings are defending against the Rebel Hearts. Leo D going head-to-head against Calvin Aldridge. I think the American Way is basically falling apart right now, uh, all um, at, at as a result of Aaron Helms um, deciding to become a good guy all of a sudden. But anyway, more information uh, available to you guys over at XWE. Yes, my man, the one and only... Sunny Money Mayo will be re-announcing well, well, well. And with that said, we leave you with the original track off the new album, The Hottest in Time and Space. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vincenity with Heaven's Demons. We will catch you guys next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shoot all your shots and we still won't come down. We some fools, we some rods, yeah, they call us out. By all means, we some kings and our table is round. Wanna float to the top, there's a chance we might drown. When the dark touch the ground, we come round. Mm-hmm. When the dark touch the ground, we come round. Mm-hmm. When the dark touch the ground, we come round. Mm-hmm. When the dark touch the ground, 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 ground. Everybody knows that I'm the baddest right now. Everybody knows that I would never back down. Everybody knows that there really is no crown. Even if there was one, they need to sit the fuck down. Down, down. They need to sit the fuck down. Clowns. Who really got the crown right now? Sit the fuck down, you clowns. Yes, sir. You, you can shoot all your shots and we still won't come down. We some fools, we some rods, yeah, they call us out. By all means, we some kings and our table is round. Wanna float to the top, there's a chance we might drown. When the dark touch the ground, we come round. Mm-hmm. When the dark touch the ground, we come round. Mm-hmm. When the dark touch the ground, we come round. Mm-hmm. When the dark touch the ground, we I think we some guys, but we really just men. We don't walk on the water, we still gotta swim. I just keep it 1,000 while they play pretend. I just keep it 1,000. They go so hard that they gotta give props. Team full of stars, now they connecting dots. Not a heartbreaker, I just make hearts drop. And I think that they hate me because I'm unorthodox. Not in your face, but I'm all in thoughts. Live how I want while you live in a box. Used to bust knocks, now I just get knocks. Even though I'm cold, but I'ma always be high. You can shoot all your shots and we still won't come down. We so 
wolves we surprise yeah they call us hounds by all means we some kings and our table is round wanna float to the top there's a chance we might drown when the dark touch the ground we come round 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 when the dark touch the ground we come round 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 when the dark touch the ground